Deepish Thoughts with Kim and Carolyn. So for this Deepish Thought, it's a little more serious than other ones that we've done, Carolyn, because we had some really big news that came down. It was very exciting news yeah. that came down. A record-breaking jury award for the Cox family. Mm -hmm. And for those who don't remember, Charlie and Braden Powell were the sons of Susan Powell mm -hmm. and Josh Powell. And we did a, a double part Yeah, we did a two-part episode. episode, so check it out, The Disappearance of Susan Powell. And just to set this up a little bit more, we actually talked to Ann Bremner, and it was so exciting. They had started this case, this historic case, suing the state of Washington for failure to keep these two little boys safe. We want this to never happen again, ever. But we want this to be a verdict from the jury that speaks to how wrong these wrongs were. So they knew Josh Powell was a suspect in the disappearance of his wife, Susan, the presumed murder of his wife, Susan. Mm -hmm. But the state was still allowing the boys to have visitation and not only have visitation, but go to Josh Powell's home and have visitation there, which is something that we now know because of this jury verdict never should have happened. Yeah, and it's taken the family a long, long, long road to get to this point. But when we talked to Ann Bremner, it was when the jury had been, you know, midst of the pandemic, they got kibosh, they couldn't go in there anymore. And so they recently resumed the court procedure and now we have this historic, historic case. And I got a chance to talk with Charlie Cox, Chuck Cox. He is the grandfather of Charlie and Braden. He and his wife, Judy, are the ones who sued the state and they say it has taken eight years mm -hmm. to get to this verdict. The process has been delayed for many years. Originally, the judge decided he wasn't going to listen to any of our evidence or anything, basically dismissed it. Then we went to, had to go to appeals. That started back in, what, 2012? Once the appeals court finally ruled and uh, it was set back, then started the delay tactics. And basically, what the appeals court had told us, and that's when I came to realize how important this was, really, the state's position was that they had no responsibility for the safety of children. The appeals court judges told them, yes, they did have a specific responsibility for safety of children in their care. And so with that appeals court decision, it had to go back for trial. So this has been going on forever and a day. In February, the trial was postponed, as you said, because of the COVID pandemic. It just recently restarted within the last month, and they finally have this jury verdict. And what's crazy is you can hear the the dog tiredness in his voice. I don't know if you hear that too, but, oh, but it's yeah. like, but he said how important this is. And some families might say, oh, well, they're getting a huge payout, but this is not the, this is not that. Not at all. No. And, and they have not only Charlie and Braden in mind when they, when they filed this lawsuit, but all of the other children that are in the care of the state here in Washington and also around the country. Well before the children even went missing, Back in 2001 or 2003 or something like that, there was this domestic violence issue. It's an issue across the country that a parent would become distressed and he or she would kill the children and themselves. And they, they realize that it's not only the ones that hurt the children and are abusive, physically abusive. It's the more emotionally abusive people that are dangerous, that actually when they explode, they didn't generally do the familicide and take out the family. So they did a, a study at, across the country. They put a group of people together and came up with a panel to how can we stop this? So they came up with a new plan, 
a new way to look at domestic violence. And we had people in our DSHS here that were on the board for that. And they came up with this national change in how you look at things or domestic violence and policy. And of course, we adopted it. We were part of it. So they came up with a procedures and practice manual the following year or so. And laws changed. Actually, policies, procedures changed. But they didn't get the training out through the people. So basically what he's saying is that before Charlie and Braden's death, there was a change in the law that should have prevented those boys from ever going to Josh Powell's home. But because there was no training for the staff at DSHS, it didn't happen. Well, and for me, the biggest takeaway from what he just said, and I think from our from doing all the research on our two part series was the the emotional abuse like I it was a huge eye opener to me that in that particular case, from what we understand, from what I understand, you know, Josh was not physically abusive he was mentally and emotionally abusive toward his wife and his children. And I think that, as he said there, that we're looking at this all wrong. And because, you know, even if she would have called the police, he didn't hit her, you know? Right. He, he didn't, he was absolutely abusing her, but it, there were, you know, he didn't leave the marks on the outside. Yeah. So anyway, I just think that that's, that's, that's such a huge point that I learned from doing that case. And, yeah. and, and, and as much as we celebrate this, you know, record-setting $98 million jury verdict, Chuck says, you know, obviously, the boys are still gone. You know, nothing's going to bring Charlie and Brady back to us. Are our daughters still missing? And that doesn't change. But we're hoping for the biggest judgment you ever saw or something so that the other states go, well, we don't want that happening here. So it is making a change for the better for the children. I got a chance to speak with Mr. Cox right before this verdict came down. Mm -hmm. So they had no idea, but they were hoping. They were hoping and, and, you know, hoping for a massive award, not because they're seeking money, but because they know that's the only way the state's going to listen. I wonder how that payout will happen. $98 million. Like, do you have any idea how people get paid on that? I don't. The state released a statement. It was like literally three sentences, I think, that was just like, our attorneys are going to look at the verdict and decide next steps. It basically was a non-statement. So basically like, this isn't over, maybe? It's hard to say. We'll find out. Yeah. You know, I had a chance to talk with Chuck Cox um, a couple of years ago about Charlie's Dinosaur. Oh, yeah. And they, I, I just, they do, they're so involved. Like, this, the worst thing happened to their family. And yet, they wanted to do something good for people and to make it change. And I think that when something horrible like this happens, like, you can either go into the negative, you know, world or you can try to make change and so charlie's dinosaur is just one example of the things that that the cox family has done and basically it's like getting a kit together because we have so many homeless kids in washington state i mean and there's not enough foster parents and so basically that when they found out that foster kids would often carry a garbage bag full of their stuff they just were like, we need to do something. And so Charlie's dinosaur was based on a on a picture that Charlie had drawn of a dinosaur that they're like, okay, this is our logo. This is what we're going to do. And so now they, they have kits and they make them so that when a child goes to another uh, foster family that they ha they don't carry along a garbage bag full of their belongings, but they have a case, you know, that has a toothbrush and, and other things in it. You know, it's just a little things, but they mean so much. Yeah. So if you want to find out more about Charlie's dinosaur, you can head to our our website, sceneofthecrimepodcast.com, and also go back and, and check out our Susan Powell two-parter that we've got out there because mm -hmm. 
That story still baffles me. You know, I mean, this family, Anne talked about what these kids went through at their father's hands. He was visiting the kids in a secure DCSF facility. No kid ever gets killed in one of those facilities, I mean, anywhere in the United States. And then inexplicably, there was a decision by one caseworker to move visitation to Josh Powell's house. And that's where he got access to them, got an axe, killed him, and set the house on fire. But what what really struck me was when he found out that his grandchildren were gone, had been killed by their father, that he said to himself, I have, I tried everything, that they did everything they could. You know, that's one bit of comfort. And they did. They tried to adopt those kids. They tried to get custody of those kids the entire time between when Susan disappeared and when the children were murdered. They were trying to get custody. And they said, we, you know, the day that he was going to take those kids, they were like, we don't feel like they're safe. I mean, can you imagine having to let these children go, these precious children, knowing that they were in danger, and legally not being able to do anything about it. I mean, it, it's just a heartbreaking case. And hopefully with the $98 million, you know, they'll be able to do even more work toward getting, making kids safer. You know, that, that it's just, the, the system is broken. I mean, in my opinion. I, you know? I agree. I agree.